We would like to welcome you to this edition of the Apostles Corner podcast. And now, Apostle John F. Morton. Praises each and every one. This is Apostle John Morton. I want to thank you for joining us for this August the 6th edition of the Apostles Corner podcast. The title of today's podcast, She Was Not Designed to Obey Man. I'm sure that that stirs some curiosity in the majority of you. And when I say she, I'm speaking about the woman. She was not designed to obey man. There are so many men that are in marriages that they can't seem to govern their wife. I see pastors on the pulpit preaching and their wife sitting on in the corner looking at them out the side of their face like they know something that we don't. And there's a reason for that. If you've got curiosity about what I'm telling you so far, you really need to hold on to the message that is about to come to you because there's going to be a revelation of some things that you never considered. Why is it that many men, more than anything, men in the body of Christ, their wife doesn't listen to a thing they tell them. They can't seem to lead them. Or they tell them something and they look at them out of the side of their face like they're crazy. Well, (laughs) they were built to be that way. Let me let me be clear. Let's go to Genesis. We're going to go way back. In Genesis 2, the scripture starts by saying, Out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what... Now, well, you know what? Let's go a little bit further back. We want to believe that the woman was a helpmeet. God gave a whole lot more than just a woman as a helpmeet. If we go back all the way to verse 16, it says, And God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you do, thou eatest thereof, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helpmeet. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called them, every living creature, that was the name of. That was the name thereof. You see, God did not create the animals. And then say that Adam needed a help meet. He created Adam and said it is not good that he should be alone. And he should have a help meet. And at that point, God created the animals. And Adam gave names of all cattle and all the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord gave, no, the rib which the Lord had taken from, from man, he made him a woman and brought her unto the man. 
And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. And sometimes I think about that fact that he says she shall be called woman. And I wonder if he meant woe is man. Because she was taken of the man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked and the man and his wife were not ashamed. Stick with me. This is going to get very clear to you in a moment. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast in the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the servant, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, We shall not eat of it, neither shall we touch it, or we will die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for, for food, and that it was pleasing to her eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her, her husband with her. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. So pay close attention to that. She gave unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. The word of God is very time sensitive it did not say that she sought her husband out that she went and found him the word says that she gave to her husband with her adam stood right there the whole time he saw what the serpent was attempting to do to his wife so why would he not speak to the serpent and tell it to leave the garden because why was it called a serpent because he named it a serpent God gave him power to declare a title over everything in creation. But in this moment, something was going on with Adam. The, the scripture said that the woman ate of the fruit and gave to her husband with her and he did eat. It does not say that she sought him out. It does not say the woman went through the garden and found her husband and gave him the fruit and said to him, this is really good. You should try it. She never said a word to Adam. She simply handed it to him. Now I'm going to tell you my perception or my discernment of that. First of all, the law was never given to the woman. It was given to Adam for him to give to her. Everything that God spoke to Adam, everything that God was in Adam was supposed to be presented to the woman. Adam presented the law. Do not eat of this tree. But see, in the moment, that the woman surrendered the fruit to Adam. First of all, I want to discuss why it is that he never said a word. Adam stood there listening, and within the dark corridor of his heart, the scriptures say that the heart is continually wicked, desperately wicked, deceitful and desperately wicked. Who could know it? 
in the moment that these things were being spoken to his helpmeet, the one that was presented to him to strengthen him in a time that he needed an additional spirit to push forward with him. As these things were being presented to her, he stood there, never said a word. Why? Because he was interested in what was being said. When we don't surrender our heart to God, we are vulnerable to things that we know are not right. But we'll remain silent because those things are feeding our personal desires and our lusts. I truly believe that when Eve handed the fruit to Adam, it's almost like when a child is in the kitchen and you walk in on them and they're reaching up on the table and grabbing a knife and you step in the room and they realize you're there and they jump and they turn around and they lift the knife to you. They are surrendering the object of their sin. They are surrendering the object that they know is the precipice of what they should not have been doing. I believe that Eve was surrendering the fruit to Adam because she did not look at him and say, this is really good. You should try it. The scriptures say that she handed the fruit to him. She gave to her husband who was with her. And he did eat. She didn't tell him to eat it. He made that decision of himself. You need to know your character. You need to know who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, you will be taken by an adverse character that leads you in the places that you should not be. Adam was given God's law, but Adam still had a part of himself that he did not know. He did not love the Lord thy God with all his heart. So when it came an opportunity to make a choice of something that was contrary to the will of God, the woman didn't tell him. Even though in the woman's heart she was speaking, hey, I like this. Let's go on. Let's see what God said to him. And the Lord, and they heard the voice of the Lord. Well, let's go back another. The eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked. And they sold fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. Adam and his wife. First Adam hid themselves from the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And the Lord said, Well, um, Adam, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that you should not eat? And the man said, the woman who you gave me, Lord, you know that woman you gave me, that woman that you gave me, she ate of the tree and gave it to me and I did eat. Isn't it funny how we can blame God for things? We do not walk in the fullness of what he's telling us to do. We don't follow his statutes and then something goes wrong and we want to ask him, why did you let this fall upon me? I hope I'm not being too hard for some of you that can't handle it, but there's somebody that needs to hear the truth about where you're walking. The title today, she was not designed to obey man. You're going to understand the point soon. You may not have it yet. And the Lord God and the man and the woman, well, the, man, the woman that you gave it to me, she gave me the tree 
and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is it that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. She told the truth. He tricked me. But Adam was standing there too, and Adam had every opportunity to stop this thing. But he didn't. Why? Because he was just as interested in the outcome of being like God as the woman was. The Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. And above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shall thy go, and thus shall thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. I shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, and by conception in sorrow shall bring forth children. And thy desire will be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, listen close, because thou have hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and have eaten of the tree. The woman never told him to eat it, but he hearkened to the lust of her heart. Because thou have hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of the ground all the days of thy life. I'm going to stop right there for a moment to make something clear. Adam was brought forward with power to command the earth around him. How many of you can take 10 pennies, put them on the table, and give all 10 of these pennies a name that has never before been spoken, and then go back to the beginning and repeat those names? The mind of Adam was vast, but because he chose to let his mind go ahead of his heart, to go ahead of the heart, the fullness of heart that was there to serve God, with power to command all things through the spirit of God. Because he went with his mind. Look where his mind put him. Now. I want to tell you a story. About me and my wife. The title once again. She was not designed. She was not created. To obey a man. Jesus walked in the flesh. But he was more than a man. He was a vessel of God. He was the first flesh to bear the spirit of the living God. He was the first son of many to come. And what made him a son was that he bore the spirit of his father. The spirit that we were designed to carry today. Many of us don't carry that spirit. Why? Because we have failed to love him with all of our heart. I'm not even going to get into all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Because if you don't start with the heart, you're going to fail before the, the, the other attributes are even required. Now, when I first met my wife, she was a woman of authority and power. She didn't like submitting to men. Because she saw too much foolishness. And you can get used to not being receptive to something. 
And then you just don't look for a reason to be receptive. But I'm going to tell you what God told me. I remember one day I was complaining to him about what I felt was unacceptable behavior. And the Lord said to me, John, leave Brenda alone. And I said, but Lord, you don't understand. You have an order. It is you, the husband, the wife, and then the children. She doesn't submit to me. And he said, I didn't design her to, sub to submit to you. And I said, but Lord, how can I hold order? And he said, I created you in my own image that you might emulate what is in my heart. I created her to reflect everything that is coming from you. And if you got a problem with what you see when you look at her, do I see the same thing when I look at you? He said, I did not design her to be obedient to you. I designed her to reflect what is coming out of you. And if you fail to present to her the fullness of who I am, I'm not saying who I am in you because you might make a choice to not let me be sovereign in your life. You might make a choice to not let me be the one true living God. You might have a lust for something other than me. That woman was designed to reflect what's coming from you. She was designed to be subject to my spirit. But if you never reveal me to her, then she's going to be subject to nothing. She's literally able to run amok just like you. When the Lord told me this, I looked at her and so much of her behavior, this isn't me. I don't act like this. But as I started watching closely, I realized something. Everything that I couldn't seem to deal with about her were the things that were identical to me. It even took me back to my deceased wife who, before she died, she said, I'm going home to be with the Lord, but God's got a woman for you that's going to be the spitting image of you, going to get on your nerves like you get on mine. And now I was looking, and guess what? I was with the very woman that she prophesied about. Everything I saw in her was identical to me. I couldn't stand me and I didn't even know it. I said, Lord, what am I to do? How can I fix this? He told me, first of all, you need to understand that as a husband, you are fully responsible for her. You are responsible for everything in her life because you are the protector. And in most cases, you are bringing spirits into your union that are contrary to me. And if you're not bringing them, if she's bringing them, they only have power to remain because you are not walking in my authority. And my authority comes through submission. You want to try to demand and command how this woman should conduct herself and how she should walk through the flesh, through your intellect, through your attitude, through your temper, whatever you change in the physical, you're going to have to maintain it in the physical. Whatever it is that you manifest in the physical must be continued by the flesh because you started it in the flesh. 
She was not designed to obey you. She was designed to obey the spirit of God coming from you. If you put bad gas in a car, it's going to run like crap. You cannot operate an automobile with spaghetti. You need to put gas in it. What is it that you're presenting to the woman that you believe God gave you? And if you married her, matrimony is holy and unto God. You made a vow unto him that you would make yourself available to him for her to love her, for him to love her through you. But how are you going to do that if you are not subject to the ordinances of God, but you're trying to maintain an order with her through your flesh? I remember the Lord showing me a vision of a water hose. And I looked at that hose on the ground with a small amount of water trickling out of it. And I followed that hose with my eyes standing in that place. I followed that hose going across a field. And I could see almost a mile away a guy standing on the side of it, on the top of a hill with his hands on his hips. The sun was above him. And I remember seeing his hand go up and a voice came out of my hip. I looked down and I had a radio on my side. And the voice that came out of the radio said, I'm changing the color now. I looked down at the holes and there was green water coming out of the holes. And I sat and watched. I looked at him. I looked at the sun coming down over him. And when the sun had gotten to a point where it was between his feet, and barely visible, the color coming through the holes changed. And the Lord said to me, whatsoever you labor for in the flesh, you must labor in real time. But if you declare a manifestation by the spirit, when you see the arrival of that moment, there is a multitude in the pipeline. Your blessings have only just begun. We, we live in a dark and perverse world. If you made prostitution illegal and you killed every woman that was a prostitute, is the problem solved? No, because men still lust of their loins. The problem isn't the woman. The problem is that man is not being what he needs to be before God, that we might be evidence of the glory of God among men, beginning with our own household. What good is a prostitute if she can't find a customer? We have too many incidents where men of the cloth have not only been caught with women of the night, but they've also been caught messing around with people in the church, wives, married women, and turning other young women, single women into harlots. I know the story of a young lady who said that she met a deacon through a dating line when she was looking for someone to make a husband. And the man told her, sitting in the car, after trying to have sex with her, and she rebuked him and set him straight, had the nerve to tell her, oh, a deacon, the Bible says a deacon can have sex with anybody. It's all right. I'm not even going to go into what she said. But this is where the hearts of men have come, to a place where we want to embellish the fullness of our lustful hopes and desires rather than obeying the precepts of God. She was not designed to obey you. She was designed 
to obey the spirit of God coming out of you. A woman has a certain demeanor. But if that demeanor is not exposed to the spiritual environment that God designed her to, she shifts. She becomes an animal that knows that it's in an environment where it has to preserve itself, where it needs to protect itself, where it needs to watch out for everything because nothing is safe. I had to learn to stop trying to correct her about everything. Everything is not expedient. You're sitting and watching the television and something's on the TV is you're not in agreement about what happened. You don't always have to go back. Sometimes you can just shut up and leave it alone. But too often we feel like I got to put somebody in their place. I have to show them I'm right. Do you know what's right about me? I am not. Correction. I was not called as an apostle. I was called as a man to the course of apostleship. No man is born an apostle. He is called to a course of change and empowerment, a course that will remain until his course is finished. I learned more from knowing that my wife was a reflection of me than I ever could have learned by watching myself. How do you feel about the relationship that you are in today? How do you feel about the behavior of your wife, woman, or whatever you want to call her? Are you exposing her to the Spirit of God? Are you exposing her to you, your authority, your intellect, your insight? And your opinion. Because in the face of what God has to say, none of that makes a difference. None of that is going to change anything. But if you can accept responsibility for her, you will begin to see how you have protected her from demonic entities that would desire a close walk with her. You would come to understand that the serpent is either in the garden because you invited him or because you never told him to leave. How do you invite them? By trying to destroy her spirit so that you can rule. And maybe you don't know when you're doing that, but you need to seek God about it. I can't give you anything that's going to help you to understand where you are, except that I say, ask the Lord. Because God's not going to answer any questions that you don't answer. Will you ask him today? Am I the man that you created in the garden? A man with the power to name the order of all things around me and to protect my wife from being exposed to anything except for the spirit of your glory. Will you ask him, what is it about me that's not letting her grow? A quarterback can lead the team to failure. A husband can lead a family to destruction. I don't feel like I'm finished this podcast, but I will say this. I just heard the Lord, the voice of the Lord cease. There's no more that I could say except for this. God will not answer a question that you will not ask. Do you think that you've got it all figured out? 
and that you're going to make things work the way they need to? Are you willing to realize that you've got to turn much of your marital or relationship issues over to God? And if you, if you can't surrender it, you haven't turned it over to him. You're just including him in the mess that you're, you're implementing. You have to surrender. You were not designed for yourself. We were designed for relationship. And everything that God puts in us empowers us to be effectual in the lives of those around us. But us men, men must first acknowledge our responsibility at home. She was not designed to obey you. Let her see the spirit of the living God proceed from you and she will become more accountable to him. But here's the great part. You will become more accountable to him and then you will walk together. My wife and I, we work together. We are together 24-7 and there's no conflict. There's no tired of one another. There's no wanting to beat somebody down just so that we can rule the moment. We actually walk as one. I thank God for that. And I declare by the living God that I shall continue to be subject, that I might be able to reveal him to her and protect her from all that the devil might want to make of me. This is Apostle John Morton. This was the August 6th edition of the Apostles podcast entitled, She Was Not Designed to Obey You. May the grace and mercy of a God of all creation rest upon every endeavor of your day. And may you be lifted to a place where you truly understand the greatness of who you are in him and the greatness of who he is in you. We would like to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Apostles Corner podcast. We would also like to invite you to visit us on the web at www.theapostlescorner.com. Here you'll be able to listen to additional podcasts, read messages on our blog, and review the services provided by our ministry. And don't forget to register to receive notifications of the new posts on the blog and podcast. May every action of your day be filled with the evidence of his grace and mercy in your life.